as the party of Rolandir, Val, Brynir, Vamok, Cad, Kalnias, and Mick were transported safely from the Twilight Eternal. They appeared in the Yellowford Vale, but not as they had known it. A seemingly different version of Egadon is what they were trapped in now, and they were apprehended shortly after arriving. While spending not too long in jail, they met and spoke with a young man, Talik, named Dominic, who offered to elucidate the situation, if they could find him, that is. Now that Mick, still able to use magic, not being tethered to the essence of the world, picked the lock on their cell door. Well, anybody going to join me? Now, wait, wait, wait. Were we not just saying that we didn't want to cause any more trouble? I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) That is true, he did say that. (sighs) All right, what's what's your plan then, Mick? We, We walk out of here into this settlement where clearly we are marked as criminals. Where do we go? What do we do? No, 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 no. Mick, you can still change your appearance, can you not? I can indeed. This could be useful. I do not think it wise for all of us to leave these cells. But if you could disguise yourself and locate where those spikes are, that would be incredibly useful. I actually think that's probably our only chance of getting them back, now that I think about it. If anything, if you can, just destroy them. They looked like they were simple lycals inside those casings. No, if you can, retrieve them for us. They could be useful in the future. What, so we can knock each other unconscious at a whim? I was about to say, do you just need one Vamok, or do we need each of ours? It sounds like there's various abilities that it can give us, as... What was that fellow? Cedric said? I doubt very many of them are helpful to us. I think they are probably all restraining in some manner. Well, regardless, we- we'll be, they will be in our possession, which is all we really need. And then we could decide what to do with them. Am I the only one? Who understands the value that these could bring to the table? No, no, Vamok, I I understand perfectly, I think, along the lines you are going, and I agree, we should attempt to gather them. However, if we are forced out of there and we cannot retrieve them, destroying them needs to be the second option. Yes, a second option. And I do not suggest using them on ourselves. But if it is true that inside is simply a Lycan, perhaps... The Lycle is what binds the device to us. If we can exchange the Lycle inside for a different one, we could then use it on others. Stripping someone of their intent, or even their consciousness, or anything else, it could be very useful in any upcoming encounters. Kalnies kind of cocks her head in mixed direction. You don't happen to have any more Lycles on your person, do you? Why, yes, I do. In fact... And Mick reaches into his jumpsuit and pulls one out. Is this what you're looking for? Why don't we just... Well, why don't you? See if you can't find ours. Do the little switcheroo. If you don't want to take the whole housings with you, that is. Destroy the ones that were bonded to us and then work your way back out here. Well, lucky for you, I actually have some spare vials so I can even replace it with those. But regardless, it's a great plan. Marvelous. The question becomes, who will Mick impersonate? Clearly, Raya would be presumably the most authoritative, but I also imagine the hardest to accurately impersonate without drawing suspicion. And what about the Cedric fellow? I mean, it's not as though Mick cannot change what he's impersonating. Now the real catch is getting an outfit appropriate for a guard. 
I'll think of something. Does anybody have any spare clothes that looks similar to what they're wearing? Brynir just looks down at himself. I don't know what you expect. This is all we have. Kelniace is wearing her leather armor and such, and she's like, well, this could pass. Okay, Kelniace, let's switch, please, just for this demonstration. So Mick begins removing shamelessly his jumpsuit <laughs> and um, hands it over to Kelniace. Kelniace strips shamelessly. <laughs> as, well. as a perfect pair. As we know, Kelniace <laughs> prefers this, so <laughs> That's right. Uh, I see what that yeah. I see what this is. <laughs> and then Brynir <laughs> gets the <laughs> He finds a shiv and he makes a deeper V. <laughs> and she, you know, passes her leathers through the bars over to Mick's waiting hands. Ah, oh, excellent. And she, you know, kind of tries to get into this jumpsuit romper leotard thing. She's like, gods above. <laughs> it's very tight. I apologize for how this may fit you afterward. Take her on the crotch. <laughs> oh, please do be careful. It's custom. And then Mick puts on the full garb that was given to him by Kelniace and says, all right, wait right here. And he, as he turns the corner, he also transforms into the look of Cedric and starts to walk out of the prison cells. <laughs> yeah, just walks on his merry way. <laughs> Do we have the Archbishop and Vakos, or are they gone because we've been cut off from intent? They poofed. Okay, cool. As Mick walks away from this jail area around the corner, there is that guard that addressed Dominic before who gets a strange look on his face, but then, you know, stands up straight and salutes. Sir, I did not see you there. Carry on. And Mick will have his hands behind, you know, kind of folded behind his back. <laughs> and will walk straight past him out of this place. Excuse me, sir, but if, if you don't mind, a moment. Yes, what is it? That Embert boy came around again, wanting to speak with more prisoners. Every day there's a new one. He always takes some strange interest. Perhaps just keep an eye on him. That's all I'll say. Thank you. And you keep up the good work. You're doing a wonderful job down here. Thank you, sir. Not a problem. Tally-ho! And Mick will turn on his heel and will continue outside and will continue to the command center. Walking through these large doors, there isn't really anything out of the ordinary. You're greeted with crisp salutes and respect that would be afforded someone of your rank, of which you know nothing about. <laughs> Mick will give each of them a curt nod. Working your way through these tight halls of the command center, it's very, you know, very economically built structure. Not an inch of wasted space in here. Even like the reception desk is kind of squat and cramped, no more than is needed. Comfort was not taken into account during any part of building this structure or its interior. And moving through these hallways and corridors, there are different rooms that you can identify just by going through and peering through archways and pushing doors ajar. There are storerooms full of weapons. There are storerooms full of documents. And finally, you stumble across a door that... With a little jiggle of the handle and perhaps peering through that keyhole, there is a light inside. There seems to be someone bustling about and working. You do see that here is the storeroom for the devices that everyone was spiked with. So upon realizing this, Mick is going to prepare himself and kind of gather his composure. And then we'll give a couple of raps at the door. Uh, what? One moment. 
and you hear a little pitter-patter of feet as the doors then unlocked, unbolted, unchained, and then opened just a tiny little bit. And there's a stout, fellish man, balding, kind of sickly pale, little twirly mustache of uh, kind of white hair, and he just looks up at you and he goes, Oh, Cedric, I, I didn't see you there. To, to what do I owe the pleasure? Ah, uh, yes, uh, I was wondering if I could come in, actually. There's a couple of prisoners who are, let's just say, being uncooperative. Oh, the ones from the Vale? Yes, the ones from the Vale, who, who were arrested for trespassing. Yes, I heard about that report. Quite a nasty business. I heard you had to knock one unconscious. <laughs> that we did. It didn't give me great pleasure, but you do what you must in this position. Of course, of course. Yes, if you just have the, the form from the commander, I can hand those over to you. Ah, yes. Darn it. And he hits his head and, you know, his forehead as if, like, ah, silly me. And goes, <laughs> Don, I completely forgot to grab the papers. I was wondering if you could just hand them over to me here. Oh, um, no. I'm sorry? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, do you know who I am? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that is obvious. But as your commanding officer, I would like to see those spikes immediately. They're getting quite unruly in there. Cedric, we're the same rank. I know. <laughs> Obviously, it's been a rough day with these prisoners. Second Lieutenant, are you all right in the head? Unless you have the forms from the captain, I'm sorry, but I can't. Can you direct me where I can find the paperwork? Well, you'll first have to go to the second floor offices for the requisitions, and then you'll need the captain's approval. Of course I do. I'm sorry, I hate to be a bother. I'll go and get the paperwork, and I'll come right back. Oh, oh okay. Toodaloo! Mick kind of turns around, you know, away from the door, and is kind of slightly panicky inside, but is like, well, keep it cool. And so Mick will find a corridor where he could go up the stairs to the second floor. The whole time you're walking away, the guy's just, like, looking through the, the gap in the door, watching you go, like... Gosh, it. <laughs> As Mick is leaving, once the guy closed the door, uh, she feels a small tug uh, on the very bottom of her cuff of her pant leg, and she sees a little man. He's about nine inches tall. He is made out of metal. Yes. Mick takes it in stride. <laughs> Mick looks up to uh, looks up to Mick and he says, "The master wants to talk to you." Uh, yes, very well then. And and who are you? I'm sorry. Name's Dim. Dim. Uh, what a pleasure to meet your acquaintance. Yeah, Dim. And can you direct me to the said master? Yeah, come on. And he starts pumping his little tiny little legs. Not to be meta, but Mick totally looks into the camera like, what the crap is going on? <laughs> Break that fourth wall! <laughs> I do like to imagine that Mick thinks that he has an audience at all times and will just take the fourth wall to break. Like, even no. if it's literally just behind him and no one. Yeah, pretty much. So Mick, Mick follows and follows this man. The little man leads you probably kind of outside of the command center past a couple of buildings and just around the corner where you find uh, Dominic. Dom! Dominic steps forward and sees uh, sees Cedric and is a little confused and he kind of, he gets really close and he says, Ah, oh, Cedric, it is so interesting to see you. And he kind of looks at 
makes leather armor and is a little confused. Like he realizes it's not actually the uniform that those rangers use. But on the other hand, it does look like C- like Cedric. So he's like, just, ah, uh, Tim, I told you to, why did you bring Cedric? Uh, 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 that is not necessary. Dim, thank you for your services. You may leave now. Did you call yourself Dim again? I've told you a hundred times it is Dim. Your name is not Dim. Dim means uh, stupid. You're not stupid. You are smart and strong. And he just looks back and he says, Okay. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Dominic grabs the little man and he puts him on his shoulder and he's just like sitting on Dominic's shoulders, kicking his legs. Little bored. Yeah. So noticing that they're in together and that it's safe to reveal himself, he goes, Oh, no, Dom, it's me. And he reveals back to his Taelic form as Mick, who he doesn't know, but he recognizes the face. I'm yeah, assuming. yeah, recognizes. And Dominic is very startled because he's never seen too much like that. So it's it's a little weird, but he is doing okay. He's seen magic. He knows stuff happens. So he's just like, oh, oh, oh that's, oh, I am sorry, team. I, I misjudged your efforts and that is my fault. I will get better. Do not worry. And... That little man could not care less. <laughs> and so he just says, oh, so I, I, I told you all, all you had to do was wait until tomorrow and then the problem would be solved. Why are you doing this? Well, yes, you are correct that by tomorrow our problems will be solved of escaping. However, those spikes are still an issue. So we devise a plan, quite simply. And to be honest, I don't think we have much time before... Rumors go around of Cedric behaving quite odd. That is true, considering he left the command center about five minutes after you all arrived. It would be quite strange that he is back. His farm is two hours from town, I think. So, yes, we do have a small problem. Uh, Speaking of small problems that we might need to take care of, you do know that they will eventually go to look and see if there is someone there. Um... What was your plan? Can I help? Unfortunately, if you all get out, I have shown maybe an excessive interest in prisoners recently, and I think they might believe I helped you, which is making me want to help you, so maybe they are not wrong. What, what's the plan? I can help. Anyway, I can help. I will. Well, this is a plan. I went to go get the spikes, but of course I need paperwork goodness be. So, I cannot get that, or rather, I thought of a plan, seeing you here, that perhaps you can get the paperwork for the spikes. Second floor. I am not an authority, but there might be something, uh, just one moment. He talks uh, briefly to Tim on his shoulder, and they have a small discussion. They're not trying to hide it, but he's just asking Tim everything that Tim saw during his little trip there. And he says, Yes, I do not know if uh, Cedric was the most convincing disguised director. He's fairly familiar with him, but if we could find uh, a guard more new, um, and if you could converse with him, I think Tim would be able to get through the door and hopefully find your spikes. You'd have to talk for a while, though. Yeah, he would have to. He's not, not that big. He could do maybe one at a time. Can you always change your face like that? Yes, it's part of my nature. So who should I be? 
You pick. Okay. Well, I think you should start off with uh, Jean. He is not Talik like me. In fact, he's a fairly new person here, but he is embed, so he looks like me. And you. But uh, just go, if you can keep Rurk talking for three minutes, I think Dim could get a vial. Then if we just find someone else, you change again, and we go for one more. Uh, as long as there are different people, I think it is possible that we could manage to get all of them. Uh, how many do we need? It's eight. No, no, no. There are seven of you. Seven, yes. That might work. But I would be honest, if you break out of there, we need to run far and fast. It is not something that they will take lightly. And <laughs> though they are currently holding you, I have no quarrel with them. I would not feel comfortable uh, hurting them. They are just, if a little bureaucratic. Mum's a word. I understand perfectly what you mean. And so Mick with this kind of motions to Dom and Tim and we'll start to go t- towards the command center and kind of, I guess you say, stealthily so that he can get an image of what, of what John looks like. As we're walking in, Dominique sees a guard as he's walking out. He says, that there, that is him, that is Jean. So go use his face however you do and talk to Ben. When you do, sir, Tim will go in and he will break as many as he can. I think he can get all of them, but you need to keep him talking. Give him five minutes or so. It does not need to be so long, but enough. As he walks out, he'll pull on your leg and go with him. If you can talk a little loudly, it will be helpful because he's made of metal. It makes sound. He's small, but he's not invisible. All right. I understand my orders. So I'm going to say that I see Jean leave. And then I take upon his his face and his appearance and everything, and I walk in into the command center discreetly, as to avoid suspicion that Jean has actually left. Then roll performance. Yeah. Oh, 15. <laughs> so Mick is going to go in and is supposing that Jean's probably a lowly guard or whatever so he's kind of just gonna fly under the radar and start to walk to the door where the spikes are held and as he does so he gives a couple of raps at the door what time is it by the way it's pretty late now okay you don't know for certain but it is dark okay good to know gives a couple of raps at the door the same you know sequence of unlocking and then this stout man again appears oh uh private what are you doing oh i don't know working into the midnight hour i'm getting a little tired myself i was wondering if i um you know how you were doing we don't get to talk very often um no as he starts talking tim is going to walk in stealthily as stealthily as he can does tim have a stealth modifier i think tim does actually let me let me, let me check real quick here he does yeah yeah roll stealth for tim okay so rolling that. So he just got a 13 plus 19. You are able to sneak past as little Tim. Okay. And then Mick, disguised as Jean, will continue to talk to Burn. So how are you, Burn? These days are quite grueling. Um, That's actually second lieutenant to you, Private. Excuse me. I am so sorry. There must be something in the air, second lieutenant. I apologize for my casualness. You would have have happened to see Cedric, did you? In fact, I did, actually. 
Just passed you a little bit ago. The lieutenant was acting strange. So are you. There's an explanation for everything. I'm feeling rather under the weather. I was wondering if it's all right with you if I could go home early. I'm not your commanding officer. Like I said, I'm very sick right now. (laughs) Excuse me for a second. (laughs) While this is going on, please tell me what Tim is doing. (laughs) Tim has entered in and he has begun to procure the... Actually, he didn't get the names. How many sticks are in there? There are hundreds. Hundreds? Yeah, they're like, they're kind of organized, you know, when you place scrolls on a wall, so it's like the sure. little, uh, little alcoves there. Mm-hmm. And there are a few shelves, some of them wall-attached, and about four or five that are in a line at the end that one could conceivably push over. Tim, who can read. Uh, again, he's very bright. He's not Tim at all. <laughs> he is going to procure any sort of logbook if there is one near. Roll investigation. 20 total, not natural. You are able to locate a logbook of sorts with the most recent entries. Tim is a pretty literal guy, so he's going to take the eight most recent entries and he is going to locate and then break those. And that is the extent of his orders and thus his ability. So Tim begins collecting the capsules um, and placing them together. You can even finish collecting the capsules if you'd like. He will finish collecting the capsules. And having gathered them all, it appears to be standard glass. His instructions were to destroy them. So he throws them off and he just lets them shatter. At this point, Burn does like whip around and he sees he sees Tim. As he's starting to whip around his head, <laughs> Jean, or Mick rather, just grabs onto his shoulders and kind of leans all of his weight on him and goes, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick. I'm so... <laughs> and starts to, you know, audibly make a scene of how sick he is. Burn starts to yell for help. He's going, help, help, something is happening. There's a situation in the storeroom. Um, how quickly can I cast sleep? You can sure try. <laughs> okay, cool. I think it's, is it 8D? I mean, it's 5D8s, I think, is what I have to Depends use. on the level. Cast it at 8th level. <laughs> um, I will take that suggestion and we'll cast this at 8th level. Where are my 8? <laughs> we need as many D8s in here as you can at? possibly get. <laughs> You roll an additional 2d8 for each slot above first level. I rolled 62. That is enough to knock Burn unconscious as mid-yell, he just collapses onto the ground, you know, in the threshold of the door. However, this has drawn attention. I bet it has. Okay, I... (laughs) What, What floor are we on? The first. Tim is trying to run out. He grabs at your pant leg as he's running to leave, but he's very literal, so he's just running straight. Mick is going to steadily and briskly walk to where the prisoners are held, trying to avoid suspicion as he just left this guy on the floor. You're not going to be successful because at the reception area, there are four of these rangers posted at the entrance who stop you and say, Private, what's your business leaving? There's a situation. We're on lockdown. Yes, absolutely. Please, allow me to return back to my station. Where's your post? 
I am actually going out to the prisoners. That's where I was next going to be posted. You're leaving Rock? Yes, I am. Ugh. Haynes, Fullman, go with him. Check this out. And two of the rangers then take up flanking positions and kind of usher you out the door. Okay, Mick is still going to keep his cool and is going to walk with them. Um, I'm going to assume that I kind of look to where Dom was before. Oh, Dom has been loitering with a look of absolute dread and sweat pouring down his face for probably the last however many minutes that took. He's just been like anxious and stuttery and just outside. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, no, no. I, I'm always here. Uh-huh. Hi. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Mick is going to give him the side eye, obviously looking like Jean, but he knows that that's Mick. As Mick, disguised as Jean, with these two guards flanking him, approaches Rourke, just around the corner, and the paddocks, Calneus is kind of looking at her hands, looking at her palms, and then turning them over, and it's like, does anyone else not feel entirely neutered anymore? Val will test his tether to the essence here. How so? Um, minor illusion, just a little, another sparrow. It blinks into existence. <laughs> Val goes, sinks it, gods. Um, <laughs> can we see any of this mess that's happening? You see Rourke and, like, half outline of another guard, but you don't see Jean, Mick, and you don't see the other guard. But you can kind of make out Dominic having a panic attack across the way. Okay. Can I sending, not sending, message him and say, what is going on? Sir, I saw your friend uh, Mick. He said his was his name. Uh, we hopefully got you out. Uh, I, my homunculus hasn't gotten back yet, so I don't know really what happened. Uh, he's leaving now. Do you see the shorter one with the long black hair among the three of those guards? Uh, yeah. That's uh, your friend. So I, I don't know what's happening. Uh, and I'm not very comfortable right now. Is it always like this with you all? Unfortunately, it is always much worse. Um, would you like to go with us? Yes, yes, I, I need to get out of here. Uh, I... All right, you should c come within 10 feet of me if you can. And he very reluctantly, very reluctantly, slowly, not slowly, like he, he walks over there, but he's every step he gets closer to these rangers, he's getting more and more tense. He is just like, he's got his stuff and he's just like walking over awkwardly. He has this staff with him now that you guys didn't see before, but he's he's with you. All right. He's, he's within 10 feet now. Mick and his escort have reached Rourke, and Rourke is just confused, and even more confused now as he sees Dominic coming around. It's like, Dom, why are you back? Ah, oh, they told me that I, I, uh, <clears throat> I brought uh, snacks for you. You know, I just thought it's hard being here all night long, walking. Uh, I thought maybe you could use something to eat. And he pulls out, like you see him, like searching through his his satchel here, <laughs> and he pulls out some trail rations that he just like happened to have some really tasteless crackers that just don't taste like anything. It's like hardtack. Like, I just wanted to get you something. Well, I thanks, I guess. But, uh, apparently I'm being relieved. I From around the corner, you hear a heavy sigh from one of the cells as Cad gets to his feet. Cad grips one of the bars and it explodes into shards of iron that then sprinkle the ground. And he steps out, muttering to himself, this shit's taking too long. And then uh, he snaps his fingers and Rourke similarly explodes. The two guard escorts behind Jean-Mick recoil at the sight of this other guard liquefying in front of their eyes. 
Mick is now covered in entrails and blood, as is Dom. There's, so there's two guards with Mick? Yes, but they kind of, one of them falls to the ground like in horror, and the other one scrambles back inside, screaming. As that happens, uh, Brynir, with a bit of a stuffed face, he's still eating the food. He even took some of Mick's, and he was like, but as this is happening, he, he, you know, he stops eating, but he's talking with his mouth full. Kedegast, that was not necessary. <laughs> oh, Val is going to Dimension Door himself out of his cell and just freaking run, grab Mick, grab whoever, and then I will bust down as many cells as I need to bust down to get everybody in 10 feet of each other so we can teleport out of here before everything goes to hell. <laughs> Dominic suddenly dives off to the side as he sees Tim running out of the building, just unseen during the commotion, and he goes to pick him up. So he is not, at this moment, directly going toward the group anymore. As, as that is happening, Kelnias is, like, cussing Katagas out. But then Cad is just like, I've had enough with you all. And if you don't mind, you can carry on with your own whatever. But I will be finding Luna on my own. And he just 180s and starts walking away. While all of this is going on, Vimok is going to cast gaseous form on himself, and then he's just going to walk right through the bars. Kelnias will freeze over these bars and then shatter them and step out of her cell. A little assistance here. <laughs> uh, it's a 22 on the d20 and a 14 on the d100. 19. Congrats. <gasps> Yay. <laughs> Major success. Okay. I just want to bend open anybody's bars that are not, like, all of the cells, including the other prisoners. Because why not? Just in a releasing prisoners mood. I'm just going <laughs> to warp all <laughs> of these bars to get everybody out. And I'm just going to say, to me, now. That happens as... Dom picks up Tim, and a cadre of these rangers rush out of the command center. Weapons at the ready. Great. As soon as everyone is within 10 feet of me, I am casting teleport, and we are getting out of here. Including Dom? Yeah, Dom's going too. Not including Cad. He can get lost. No, Cad, Cad is well and gone. As Dom arrives, up, he passes over the body of what used to be Rourke. And uh, just as arising, he vomits on top of Vamok, who is the nearest person. <laughs> it goes right through Vamok's gaseous form. So he vomits on top of Brynir, who is the who is behind Vamok. Poor Brynir always gets vomit on. <laughs> He's Not like, again. I just ate. <laughs> Not on the shoes. <laughs> And where does Val take them? Um, I think on instinct, Val would teleport to... <laughs> this is going to be a, a major jump, but I think his instinct would be to teleport them to, like, Udaelo, or where it would be in this world. Do you want me to roll the target, or do you want... I'll let you. I know it says the GM rolls, but I like it. it, it you when know. it's my own fault own for fate. Yep. blasting us all to pieces, this is how we die. <laughs> it was a 21. <laughs> Okay. All right. So you are probably traveling at least, I, I'm going to say 1,500 miles. So you are 20% off. 20% of 1,500. I'll take it. It's going to be 300 <laughs> miles. You are 300 miles off target. Okay. <laughs> in a due east direction, which puts you, funnily enough, and the crown of Egadon, which is the tallest mountain peak in the world, 
when you blink out and then blink into this teleportation spell, you are just swept up in this dark blizzard. You have no idea where you are. Everyone that you brought is still within the distance that they were away from you. However, you do hear a shout for help as Kelnias starts to slip and fall off what seems to be the side of a rather steep cliff of rock and ice. She's going to do a deck save. Brynir's going to reach for her. And she is able to help herself, but then with Brynir's aid, you pull her up to the top, and you are looking off into just a, well, it's, I would say whiteout, but there's absolutely no light. It's a pitch black blizzard at the peak of a mountain. 